What is up, guys? JT Tapis with the Empty Your Bucket Nutrition Plan. And today, I'm going to be exposing some of the biggest weight loss lies out there. In this video, I'm going to be speaking about the biggest lies behind weight loss. If you're not familiar with this whole concept of bait and switch, <laughs> I'm here to explain why you click on those super polarizing videos that immediately grab your attention. More importantly, the intention of this video is not to criticize anyone in particular or throw anyone under the bus. Instead, I'd like to increase awareness about your weight loss journey so that you're not wasting all this time with gimmicks and, and just wasting time in general. The so-called bait and switch is one of the biggest deceptive strategies to make you click on videos promoting ideas such as eating all the high impact carbs and still losing weight. You probably heard of this before. Promises that you can still eat pizza, burgers, ice cream, and lose weight. This is similar to saying that you can continue to drink beer and expect to eventually get sober if you had an alcohol issue. Let's explain some of the, the true problems, some of the things that I truly are problematic about these lies that fitness gurus are telling you. So I think it's important to understand that when you eat a surplus of calories and that surplus of calories is coming in through high insulin yielding foods, you're going to get in trouble. And so everything from the breads, the pastas, legumes in the form of beans, lentils, garbanzos, all those things that spike a whole lot of insulin. The problem is the SAD, the SAD diet, <laughs> the, the, the standard American diet is saturated with starchy carbohydrates. So you wonder why we are in so much trouble. These gurus are telling you that you can continue to go at it. They're telling you that you know you can continue to ingest all the high insulin yielding starches, that you're going to be fine. But you see, what they don't understand is that every time you do this, you secrete dopamine, that neuroreceptor that's associated with well-being. So anytime you get stress or there's friction in your life or something is breaking down, we look for a dopamine hit. We usually do that in the form of food and we don't just do enough, we do more than enough. And so of course, that's creating, of course, a chain of, of reactions in your body. One of those is that you create a dependency. You create a dependency for sugar, right? You become addicted to food. That food addiction becomes something that is, is very present in your life because you know, I talk to people all the time about food and they tell me, JT, I don't eat desserts. I don't eat, I don't eat these things. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a sweet tooth. But then you start really digging into their diet, right? You start doing an audit on their diet and you realize that at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they're saturated with starches. And so, of course, you have these gurus out there that are telling you that you can do all these things because, of course, we want to do the easy thing, right? But the, the big lies include everything from things such as point counting systems. So yeah, counting macros, calories, points. And I say that this is part of the problem because these concepts basically tell you that eating whatever is fine as long as you meet your macros, right? As long as you're meeting your macros, then it doesn't really matter what you eat. This is what they're telling you. And to an extent, if you're just looking for a metric, you're losing to lose weight, you will lose weight doing these point counting systems. The problem is you're never going to get rid of the addiction. And if the addiction is always there, you're always going to be taunted by food. These things are very unsustainable, right? These things will not get you to where you want to go. You're constantly just feeding your the addiction uh, to your brain, right? That, that addiction that you have to high sugars. I want you to remember this, okay? In this whole idea of your weight loss journey, there's an equation that consists of calories in, right? This is the food you consume, calories out. This is exercise, not just going to the gym or running, but actually just the act of living, right? The act of breathing, thinking, all these things burn calories. 
and then you have calories stored, which is usually stored in the way of fat. So you have calories in through food, calories out through exercise, calories stored usually through fat. And so then you say, man, JT, um, this is, it's, it's, it's kind of sad, right? Is there anything I could do about this situation? And I believe the solution involves a, 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 just a a multitude of things, but I'm going to give you the most important things. Okay. I think that we need to understand that we all have a weight set point. Okay. Adjusting that weight set point is incredibly important to get over the problem. So let me explain weight set point. Your body is a very intelligent mechanism. Your body will do everything in its power to maintain homeostasis, meaning a balance. So if your body's used to being 300 pounds, even though it's not healthy, it recognizes that as being healthy. So you just continue in that weight, regardless of what you do. And your subconscious mind is always sabotaging your conscious mind and leading you to eat the things that you don't want to eat because your set point is something that is so registered in your system as something healthy that your body doesn't know any better. And so you say, well, what do I do? Well, we're, we're going to talk about a couple of things. I think the fundamental pillars are to actually reclaim your palate and your brain's reward system. Re- resetting your palate simply means that what you're, you're basically getting away from the things that are possibly getting you in trouble now in the form of sugar, salt, things of this nature. And uh, you want to get away. You want to be in abstinence for a little while so that you can recover that palate so that when you go to those things, you won't need them or want them as much as you possibly need them or want them now. Reclaiming your brain's reward pathways is simply right changing the way your brain perceives reward around food. Those are two fundamental pieces that need to happen for you to be able to be consistent. Emphasizing consistency uh, is is the number one thing with your, your body really releasing the weight. So you might not see huge leaps and bounds in the beginning, but if you stay consistent and you practice the 80-20 rule, right? Meaning 80% of the time you do the right thing, 20% of the time you give yourself a little leeway, right? What's going to happen is you're going to start to tilt the scale in your favor. This is important, okay? But this requires time. It requires consistency. So then the question is, okay, well, JT, what do I eat in the meantime? And that's a really good question. I'm going to give you the basics here because I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to so many people at once. And of course, if you were on one of our pro- programs, I would be more specific. But, but here's, here's the basics and, and what you need to think about. You need to bring in green leafy vegetables. Any kind of vegetables are fine, but I prefer green leafy veggies because they give you a nice dose of fiber and they keep your digestion going. They'll keep you satiated. You also need to bring in lean proteins, right? You need to bring in those lean proteins because one of the incredible... Uh, benefits of lean proteins is that it doesn't spike as much insulin as the other macronutrients. So that is super, super important. You need healthy fats, right? Uh, uh, Opposed to what many people think, fats are not the enemy. It's sugar that is actually getting us in trouble. Of course, you want healthy fats, avocados, olive oil, coconut oil, udu's oil, egg yolks. All these things are good fats that are going to help us stay satiated, have energy throughout the day. You need a micro balance, meaning that you need to bring in your vitamins. Now, when you think of vitamins, the first thing you think about is a little container with some pills in it that you take every morning, your one a day, and those are okay. Those, those are fine. Those are synthetic uh, micronutrients and those are needed and, and those help. But more importantly, what you want to think about when you're eating your vegetables, when you're eating fruits, you want to actually have color, the, all the colors. Right? You want to bring all the colors in so you're getting a nice balance of micro 
nutrients. This is super important. Second to that, I would say uh, probiotics. You know, probiotics are important for gut health. 80 to 90% of your health is in your gut. And so things such as sauerkraut, kombucha, which is fermented tea. And the last one that I'm not too much of a fan of, it has, you know, a lot of great propaganda, but Greek yogurt would be my third option for probiotics. The other question I get oftentimes is, JT, how do I, you know, what do I do for my workouts? How do I move, right? And I'm going to be boring and I'm just going to tell you that the most efficient thing to do to decrease body fat and lose unwanted weight is walking for weight loss and decreasing body fat percentages. There's many, many, many studies that show you that if you walk versus running, sprinting, biking, or doing any of those high cardiovascular activities that you're going to lose weight in, in, in record time, okay? The other thing I would say about walking that I really like is that it preserves muscle. When you run, you burn a lot of testosterone. Testosterone is a muscle builder. And so if you're constantly burning through your testosterone, you're going to have very little left to build muscle. This is why runners are lean. Some of them uh, <laughs> look skinny fat. But the truth is that uh, the walking component is going to help you preserve muscle. And I don't know about you, but that's important to me. I think it is to most people. Also, when you lift weights, I think focusing on compounding muscle groups is one of the best things you can do. So you have many, many forms of weightlifting. I like compounding muscle groups because it's just more efficient. Uh, you get to do, you know, for example, chest, shoulders, tries, core in one day. You get to do legs, core uh, two days later, and then two days after that, you do back, bicep, core. There you have all the muscle groups, and this is going to give you plenty of time to recover. The other thing I would say, and that is underestimated, is your recovery. And recovery entails sleeping a minimum of seven to eight hours, so you're not secreting uh, cortisol. Cortisol is a stress response hormone. If you're secreting too much cortisol, it will hinder your weight loss. So you want to make sure you're getting, uh, you're sleeping at least seven to eight hours each night. Okay, super important. You want to go to bed early and rise early. This is one of my super hacks. I tell you that nothing, t nothing good happens past. Uh, 10 p.m., right? So try to get to bed so that you can get seven to eight hours. And if you do that, that's pretty much going to guarantee that you're going to get up before the sun comes out. And if you do that, you're going to find some incredible, incredible blessings of getting up before the sun comes out because you'll have time to prepare for the day. It's one of the most incredible times. No one's bothering you and you can read, you can, you can feed your spirit, you can feed your mind, you can actually get your cardio in. If you wait till the end of the day to work out or get your cardio in, most likely it's not going to happen. Okay, so going to bed early and waking up early and waking up early before the sun comes out is super important. The other thing that I often say to my members is that training every other day is probably one of the best things you can do. We have a tendency to think that we should go to the gym every day, and I think that's a good habit. But that being said, we want to be smart about the way we move, about the way we activate our physiology. And going every other day is going to allow your nervous system to recover. This is really, really important because if you're working out every single day and you're not giving your nervous system time to recover, you're not, you're not going to see gains very quickly or at all. Okay. So you want to work out every other day. So maybe you have a schedule like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you do cardio. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you do resistance training. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you do your, your walks, right? And I think that's one of the best ways to go about it. The other pillar that I want to share with you here is that you want to make sure that you're eating every three hours, not for what the gym bros tell you, which is that if you eat every three hours, that speeds up your metabolism. I think that's true in 0.9% of people. So 
Um, that's not why we're talking about eating every three and not going without four. This is, this doesn't speak to reactive eating. This doesn't say you should just, you know, put food down your mouth every three to four hours because, but instead it says that this cadence is going to allow you to tame your hunger. And that's super important, right? If you're hungry, you're not rational. If you're not rational, you fall very easily for mishaps and temptations and you just get triggered very quickly, right? So the cadence of every three to four hours is so that you're never getting overly hungry. And more importantly, and this, I live by this is you want to maintain insulin stability. Insulin, insulin stability is one of the healthiest things that you can do for your body. I also want to talk to you about mindset because, you know, I think uh, most diets really skip through the whole mindset aspect of it. And I actually think 80% of your progress will come from the right kind of mindset, right? And so number one, as cheesy as it sounds, you have to find a strong why that's going to keep you consistent, keep you doing these things every single day. You need to connect it to your convictions, right? Your 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 life convictions, uh, the way that you want to go about life, right? Um, how you want to show up in life, and so connecting your why to your convictions is super important. You want to foster a growth mindset. A growth mindset simply says that you want to continue to move forward, to grow every single day. You're not happy with just being stagnated, and you're constantly pushing the boundaries and getting better and better and better. Another thing that is often um, understated and most people don't even think about it when it comes to fitness is limiting your exposure to toxic people. If you limit your exposure to toxic people, a lot of great things are going to happen because that energy that goes towards drama, now you can channel into things that are actually going to bring a return on investment. I think that's amazing, right? And no one <laughs> wants to live a, a, a a stress life. Uh, you know, you don't want people that have too much drama. I, I do believe that we should help others. We should pick others up, but we don't want to, we don't want to be down in the ground with them. We want to pick them up and then we want to keep moving. So limit your exposure to toxic people and you're going to be able to channel that energy into things that'll bring a bigger return on investment. I'm a big fan of reading. You know, you know, the, the saying, um, readers are leaders. I don't believe all readers are leaders. I do believe some are though. And I do see a lot of value behind reading, right? It has cured me of so many things such as uh, attention deficit when I was a kid, learning disabilities, all the issues that I had from a cognitive standpoint were really healed through reading. I read a lot, right? I probably read a book a week, sometimes more, depending on what I have going on. But engaging in reading is important, really important journaling so that you're not just your, your thoughts aren't going crazy, but you're actually writing stuff out. is so, so important being intro introspective, right? Really thinking through your actions, your behaviors, taking inventory on what happened the day before, how you responded to certain situations, thinking about, um, your dark side, right? Your shadow uh, is important, right? So that you can get better and you can foster that growth mindset. Lastly, from a spiritual perspective, it's important that you invite Jesus into your kitchen. I know this sounds silly. If you're a Christian, most Christians have a tendency to put their spiritual convictions uh, completely separate to their actual day to day. And we're not called to do that. We're called to be Christians in every single aspect of our lives. And so eating and inviting Jesus into your kitchen is one of the most powerful things you can do. Viewing food as a spiritual endeavor is a game changer, right? In other words, you see it as one of your spiritual disciplines, hence the reason you pray before you eat. So doing that, I think, makes a world of a difference, right? Versus just seeing it as something separate. 
The other concept is adopting a fasting lifestyle to tame your flesh. In other words, when we say no to food, right, it's easier to say no to other things. And so we don't have to do that simply by cutting food out. We can actually cut certain foods at, out of our lives, which maybe tastes really, really good, but we're, not, we're saying no to those things because we're trying to meet a metric. And on top of that, because we're denying ourselves from the thing we want, we learn how to say no. And I think that's very, you know, it's very powerful. So I'm not just saying fasting from the sense of not eating, but actually stop eating certain foods, maybe Monday through Friday, create some healthy boundaries. And then Saturday and Sunday, you can give yourself, you know, some, some cheap meals and things of that nature. I think that's a healthy, healthy balance. Lastly, I want to say that recognizing the power of communion with the father is everything, Right. Um, the Bible says that the two main commandments are to love God with our mind, our strength, our spirit, that we are to love God with all of our being, right? And, and then the second commandment is loving others. I think that when we go back to that first commandment and, and we're in communion with the Father, there's a lot of power that springs from that interaction, right? This is super powerful and I can say, I can talk about this for hours, but I'll just keep it at that. And then striving for disciplineship. Disciplineship is simply, as a disciple of Christ, you're called to be disciplined for a lifetime. You're called to be a learner. You're called to foster a growth mindset, and you're called to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. So don't believe the lies that all these gurus are spreading. Anything worthwhile is going to require effort, but that effort will be worth it long run, right? For the long run, it's going to really, really, really matter. And so do the hard work up front. There's no better testimony than a life well lived, so put the fork down. I hope you enjoyed this video. My name is JT Tapas with the Empty Your Bucket Nutrition Plan. I'll talk to you guys soon. Ciao, ciao.